0: So we're reading from Mark 5, 1 to 20 today. Uh, Yes, I think that's what we're doing. (laughs) Uh, uh, So they came to the other side of the sea, into the country of uh, Jerusalem. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man who unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, "'Send us into the swine so that we may enter them.' Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank, into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, the very man who had 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 the legion, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine. So many jokes
1: come to mind. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. Um, We're continuing on with our series, um, Foundations for a Strong Faith. And um, if you are new or you haven't, don't have a booklet yet, uh, Margaret has a, a booklet on the teaching series there. We're up to, I think, chapter six. We have a defeated enemy, or Satan is defeated. And we commenced this uh, last week I'm very, um, I'm very hesitant, well not, not hesitant, I, I, um, I'm very careful in teaching on this subject and I don't want to rush through it and at the same time we get to a certain point in the sermon where after I've gone, if you've been here regularly you will realise after I've gone for 95 or 100 minutes, <laughs> I tend to like to wrap it up, <laughs> I get about 35 minutes. So uh, we have to cover a certain amount of territory and then end on a victorious note. And so we are, I don't want to rush through this. So having said that, um, we do have a number of books out there and which are, um, well, will help on, on certain issues. So uh, both of them, these ones share the same name. A little booklet there, Believer's Authority by Andrew Womack. And another one here, Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagan. The bookstore is by donation. So um, donate whatever you can afford. So we're going to be talking about the, the title of this sermon um, is How to Fight a Defeated Foe. Thank you. I did upload I uploaded the sermon twice, so you're going to have to juggle through through all these. Um, how to Fight a Defeated Foe. And if you would in your Bibles, I, um, keep, your, keep your marker in uh, Mark 5. But uh, also if you can turn to Colossians 2 and Ephesians 6, we'll be referring to those in a minute it's interesting to note that there's not a lot of uh uh, not a lot said about satan in the old testament and uh is referred to a few times and alluded to uh, you know children of israel coming out of egypt the angel 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 of death uh, moved over them that was satan and uh, job has a few things to say a few things to say about job a lot of what's said in job we need to understand that the scriptures are progressive revelation. And so, uh, although uh, there's first principles that we learn in Genesis, then the revelation of uh, God largely fell away after the Garden of Eden and he revealed himself progressively. So I do find it interesting that there's not a lot said about Satan and about devils until the new covenant, until the New Testament. And personally, I am, not surprised at God's wisdom in doing that because you do find people can get obsessed with things and if they don't understand their position in Christ and who they are, uh, they can very easily uh, fall under uh, the trap of the devil and uh, get a sort of defeated or misunderstanding of Satan, his authority and and our power. So I would also like to say that we don't get... um, so here's an here's a, a, a account of Jesus dealing with uh, a senior uh, devil and a bunch of other devils. And uh, it's good by way of illustration, but we, we get our, our doctrine, our core beliefs from the epistles. The epistles of the Holy Spirit writing to the church. They're written after the resurrection. And that was a very uh, pivotal time in the spiritual history of the universe was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God didn't go to all the trouble for allowing his own son to be killed for sin and raised from the dead just for a minor change. It was a major change. And so uh, our relationship with each other, our relationship with God, our relationship with the world and uh, Satan's ability to influence us changed fundamentally at the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we take our our teaching on how to uh, on uh, most of our teaching on Satan and how to deal with the devil and his defeat from the epistles. That's the letters inspired by the Holy Spirit breathed by the Holy Spirit through uh, the, the the writers to us, the church. So what Job says about uh, Job, uh, it is scripture, but scripture needs to be rightly divided. So what Job says about as Satan and God, and it was in the light of Job's understanding. You got that?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I, I say that because, you know, very often in Christians, Christian songs and Christian circles, we take something that Job said, we take something that Job said, and we make a big doctrine out of it. Job was before the even the Old Testament law, and before the writings, so he had a limited understanding Now some of the things he said were wonderful. And he said, I, "I don't." in the end, he said, I, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen. But in the end, I know my Redeemer lives and I shall stand on that day of judgment. And that's a good statement of faith. You can go a long way on that. Amen? Yeah. But the statement that says, though God slay me, I shall praise his name. God don't slay no one.
0: Yes.
1: No one who's certainly righteous. So we if you can rightly divide the wrong, the word truth you can wrongly divide the word truth yeah. but it's there it's similar with the teachings of, of solomon right now solomon uh did uh, well in his early stages but he was backslidden right so uh, the um so the books that solomon wrote um songs of solomon is good uh what else did he write come on bible scholars ecclesiastes you got to realize that is the thoughts of a carnal person It's in scripture. And God has put it in there for us to understand how a carnal person thinks. All right? Some of it is truth. Others, you know, he fell away from God and, and he, he became a very woe is me and very fatalistic in his beliefs. He, Solomon's faith in the later days is not our model. So just understand that. So we're going to look at uh, some things about who Satan is, and of course the irony is how the, in the title is, um, let's flip back, is how do we fight a defeated foe? And it seems it might be a little bit like what was that English uh, that English humour where that um it's just a flesh wound. What's that um, it's, like, Pity like, Pity. Pity. it's a little bit like, you know, Monty Python, there's a guy there and he gets his arm chopped off and he goes, it's just a flesh wound, it's just a flesh wound. The other arm like, it's just a flesh wound. Well, in many ways, Satan is a little bit like that. Of course, in Colossians and in Corinthians and Ephesians, it's made very clear when Christ rose from the dead, he stripped Satan of his power and he made a public demonstration of him it's unambiguous and in Ephesians it says that Jesus was risen and he was seated at the right hand of God and we are seated with him seating down is a position of authority it means the battle is over the victory is won yes. but yet there's this little Big demons, lots of demons. they have got their arms cut off and their legs cut off, running around. Don't worry, it's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. I can still get you. So we uh, we've got this dilemma where we have a defeated enemy who is attacking us. How who we need to resist? And we and, and our and our. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood yeah so my fights your fights not with that lunatic who's driving down the road cutting in front of you It's what's going on in the spirit realm
0: that
1: the weapons of our warfare are powerful well what is our warfare yeah. what is it yeah. so it, it helps we're going to talk about who our enemy is what his tactics are and how we can resist those tactics
0: yeah it's really are you
1: excited You need to be. Because this is actually, you know, the spiritual realm is the reality. The spiritual realm existed before the natural realm. All right? And so everything physical around us came from the spiritual realm. And in the end, it's what will be left uh, that endures the spiritual realm. So the battles we have are spiritual, but what are they? How do we deal with them? Well in Mark chapter 5 we see a clash between an Old Testament prophet, uh, the messiah Christos, and a man possessed by many, many demons. Uh, This a little bit just an understanding here. When Jesus ministered, he ministered as an Old Testament prophet, Christos, the messiah, and It's interesting because he says on a number of occasions, he says he gave his disciples power over the enemy. And yet it talks about the resurrection of Jesus being where Satan was stripped of his power and all authority then was given to Jesus at the resurrection. So before the resurrection, what authority did Jesus have? Now you may say to me, well, he was God. Yes, he was God and is God. But Colossians says he set aside he set aside everything so the battle that he faced against Satan and the temptation in the wilderness Satan tried to get him to act as though he was God he won't do it he won't do it so I'll put it to you and I'd need to take a long time to show this from the scripture that it helps me understand it. that he acted with the authority that Adam had Alright? As he acted with the authority that God always intended every one of us to have. Yes. And that authority was delegatable. Able to be delegated. And in the spiritual realm, authority is able to be delegated. Alright? Because uh, I can't do everything, I delegate authority to Chloe. Now, I can't do it, so I, I, you know, so uh, authorities, so when Jesus delegated and gave authority to his disciples, he was asking them to stand up and take the authority that they had as people. But because they were sinners it had been lost and Satan could get, so he delegated just, just that for understanding. So when he, is that as clear as mud. All right. Now, it would take me a long time and many hours of lectures to go and show you this in the Bible, but it's it's all there. We've talked about it various times, how God gave man dominion over the earth, not Satan. And so that was Adam's dominion. So Jesus was acting under Adam's dominion. After the resurrection, different kettle of fish. A resurrected man, man. God-man. God-man. All right? Now... In this, uh, it's interesting in this um, account, which is in, I think, three of the gospels. Uh, in this account of the, the Gazarene demoniac, I hope I said it right. You can, you can choose whichever way you want to do it. If you say it a few times, pull the choke out, you'll be in tongues. So um, I'm not allowed to laugh at my own jokes.
0: <laughs> but sometimes
1: I think that's the only way you know it's a joke. <laughs> So it's interesting because uh, he comes across this uh, this this uh, uh, p- person who is possessed, and uh, it says possessed by a demon. Now, first of all, I'm going to jump round here, but here we go. A demon is not the name of Satan. Demon is um, a title, and so these are all demons that were possessing this this man. Uh, the name of uh, I won't jump ahead myself. Well, the name demon means to—it means to cast aspersions, not nastions, aspersions.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a cultural reference. Don't worry. Um, what's the name? She just died recently. He. Um, don't worry about. It. So, it means to throw darts and to throw accusations and throw and persist in throwing accusations or false claims against someone that's what uh, diablo that's what the word means uh, in in the greek it's someone who has who attacks by false by act untruth by making untrue claims about that person and persisting with those claims yeah. all right and the name satan begins is very similar Satan is means the chief accuser of the brethren. All right, that's who Satan is. So this man uh, was, uh, um, he was possessed. And when we, the first instance we, we come, we see a few personalities, a few characters happening here. So we have a, a devil whose name was Legion. And he says, the reason I'm called Legion is because there's many of us. Well, there was about 4,000, 4,200 in times of war, about 5,000 members in a Roman legion. So whether it was strictly speaking that, but there was more than just a hundred, which was the uh, Roman centurion would have been in charge of. There was, he was a legionnaire. So he called himself, this devil called himself legion. The devil Satan is over him, all right? And he calls himself Satan. But the title of them all is Devil, means they all accuse, they all throw darts at people, false accusations and untruth at people. All right? So this guy, I can tell you, he would not have got in that state overnight. He wouldn't have woken up one night and been a mad person.
0: Yeah.
1: There would have been some false accusations or untruths that the de- some devil would have spoken to him and he chose to believe it and he accepted it all right I tend to think that Satan's accusations or the devil's accusations are the back poo of the spiritual world now you won't find that in the Bible but from my experience it's the case and I can vouch for that because we live on the Sunshine Coast. Is there anyone else here that pat battles with bat poo? Is it just me? <laughs> I came out this morning and we've got all these palm trees around us. And there's like five blobs of flying fox poo on my car. And I've learned by uh, experience that if I leave those blobs on there, they get harder and they get stickier and they stay there. Can anyone attest to that? You don't have to say hallelujah you just got to make it seem like the people that knew the sunshine coats don't think i'm crazy i came out i saw it and i was going to leave it but there was one dribbling all over the handle of the calf so i had to go and get a rag and wet it because the other thing i've learned about satan and about bat poo is that if you leave it it sticks yeah. so if you leave the accusation or the untruth that he's saying to you it sticks all right now um, I'm jumping ahead and then pulling myself back you understand I haven't gone blank <laughs> it's too much happening up here so Satan accuses the devil's role his ministry is to is to bring untruths he attacks your Faith. He says something. Now Satan speaks to uh, not Satan. Satan's, you know, one devil. But they speak uh, to people's mind and they bring untruths. They bring unhurt. They bring things which are not true. Now they did it to Jesus. Remember the te- temptation. And then they did it to Peter. When Peter came and tried to lead Jesus astray, and and Jesus rebuked him and actually spoke to Satan who was speaking. In the temptation, remember in the wilderness, it says Satan left him for a time, meaning he came back later. So he came back later and put ideas into Peter's mind to try and lead Jesus away from the cross. So these Satan works by by speaking either through, in your mind, or through other people, things that are not true about you. Or twisting truths about you. So this man would have, he didn't wake up, but he would have um, entertained the bat's poo. He would have left it on the car He wouldn't have dealt with it, or maybe he didn't know the scripture, or didn't know the truth, so it stayed there. Now, if you had bats poo, what I learned because I learned this on our other car that Linda now drives that if you don't deal with it quickly when you do deal with it it's so acidic it takes away some of the paint has anyone got little things of paint that's taken away in your car? so it does that so Satan's accusations are the bad poo of the spiritual world can you see that now? Yes. thank you so it's got to be dealt with and wiped. we've got rid so this guy would have had would have had um, things said about him that he chose to believe or was ignorant of didn't find the truth, meditate on it. And that opened him up to more thoughts and more. And eventually, uh, he entertained so many thoughts that he became controlled by them. But what's interesting here, a couple of interesting things is, one, there's a head demon called Legion, and there's all junior ones. But somewhere down inside of that person somewhere down inside person was a will which sought for God given by God right and when he came to Jesus Jesus was able to deliver him no matter how strong doesn't matter how many how much more now that we have the mighty name of Jesus how much more now how much more now the other thing that's interesting uh, in um, I think it's Luke's account. So there's a conversation. I don't recommend you have a conversation, but there's a bit of a conversation. And each each uh, Matthew's account and um, Luke's account and Mark's account varies slightly. But I think it's in Luke's account where they says, uh, "Do not uh, have you come to throw us into the abyss before our time?" so these uh, in revelations 20 it's up there but whether you can oh good <laughs> and they begged him luke eight, not to command them to depart until the best. so these demons are aware that their end is nigh hallelujah yeah. so they are, are aware of what their ultimate end will be but they were also aware that now wasn't the time all right. Oh, I haven't even got through the introduction. Yet. <laughs> also aware that now wasn't the time. So we we read. Uh, so you've got a Satan that has been given a degree of authority by Adam at creation when Adam believed the lie and got into self self righteousness. We have Jesus acting as as at Adam, the second Adam the Bible calls him, but walking in the righteousness and the right standing which we we're always meant to have, exercising authority. We have demons knowing enough to know that their end is coming, but now it wasn't the time. So in Revelations, uh, Revelation 20, it says that God casts Satan and the demons into the lake of fire where their eternity is. The reason now, in this covenant, in this time, the time of the Gentiles, the age of the church, the age of grace, that we battle against a foe is because although his power has been stripped, though his power has been stripped, he has not yet been bound off the earth. (coughs)
0: All
1: right? So Peter says this. Peter says... uh, that Satan walks around as a, a. We'll have that. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone. And many translations say, "whom he may devour." Resist him, firm in your faith. All right. A few things here. Remember, what Satan's strategy is to speak untruth to you, and get you to get you to believe untruths. I had uh, caught up with Simon in the week, and uh, he said to me, now I've heard that, you're, that you're, very, you're very strict on what songs you're allowed to be sung. <laughs> I'm glad I've got that reputation of my committed music ministry. <laughs> we actually get it, we go through it, Pastor Chloe goes through it, I go through it, uh, Linda goes through it, and we all go through it, and I think, the, and you know, once a couple of songs we've had, we really liked it. and then I've asked Chloe, would you preach it? And you said, no. she said no. So if you wouldn't preach it, why sing it? Because you won't go away from here singing the words that I say. You'll go away from here singing He Reigns. All right? So uh, it's very important what we believe. And, and, And that we choose to believe truth about who we are. About what God's done for us. But Satan will attack those truths. So Peter says here a couple of things, seeking whom he seeking someone to devour, King James knew King James if you ever said whom he made. Who knows that lions do not ask permission to attack an elk
0: no.
1: or to attack a deer or a warthog. They do excuse me, may I devour you?
0: <laughs>
1: and yet the implication here is that he can't go devouring just anyone
0: yeah.
1: or everyone. There are those of us whom he cannot devour. There are those of us who his lies will not hold against. There are those of us who um, the spiritual bat poo falls on us and we wash it off straight away, recognizing the difference between bat poo and God's truth. So he says here, seeking whom he may devour, he says, resist him. Now James says, resist the devil and he will flee. And the Amplified says, he will flee in terror. So now we're getting a bigger picture of actually the authority we have, that if you resist him and stand your ground in, I'll get to that, he flees in terror. I love it that he said, resist the devil and he flees in terror. We get a better picture of how you resist a defeated foe. Because his weapons are untruth. There's not some spiritual goo flooding out there that we have to resist. And if we get 2,000 people and walk up a mountain, and hold their hands up for long enough, that'll bring the devil down. It don't work like that. It's a spiritual thing. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can we go back to Peter? Thank you. Doing a great job. Doing a great job. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is what you believe. Faith and the Christian faith is what you believe about your salvation, what you believe about righteousness, what you believe about the name of Jesus, what you believe about our defeated foe, what you believe about the authority of the believer, what you believe about walking in love, what you believe about grace, what you believe about the blood of Jesus. That's our faith. So he is going to find those who aren't resisting in their faith and that's whom he may devour. Can you see that, sports fans? Yeah. All right? Yeah. And these things which we have are the antidote for his lies. His spiritual darts are lies. All right? They're the bats' poo of the spiritual world. The <laughs> Bible says that uh, the weapons of our warfare are strong for the tearing down of strongholds. <coughs> strongholds is an interesting word stronghold was a castle uh, that they they built which was able to resist any attacks from them so that's telling us that these darts these untruths these lies about who you are uh, you know no one loves me or I, I, I'm I not forgiven or I'm not good enough all those lies they're lies they're bat You can't allow them to stick, but if we allow them to stick, they build up and they build up and they build up and they become a spiritual stronghold whom the devil and the demons can defend because your emotions are invested in it and you begin to see the world from that point of view. So everything you see confirms that, all right, it becomes a self-confirming belief. And it becomes a stronghold that's why when the apostle paul prays for others sarah you're asking me about that he prays that the eyes of their heart will be opened to the truth of the gospel to the truth of the love of that is spiritual warfare that the eyes of their heart be opened so binding Satan, asking God to open their eyes of the heart so we can stand first so here you know, destroying strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are strong against those strongholds. But they're not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, says the good They're not how many times you walk around the building. They're not how long you lift your hands up. They're not whether you've got 200 or 400 or 800 praying. Would you like to know what the weapons of our warfare are? Yes. Yes. Go to, thank you, brother. Go to Hebrew, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. It there, because I'm going to read a little bit more from this. Ephesians <laughs> <No. laughs> oh. 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 six, verse ten. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, they're good. It says, "Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might." I'm glad he didn't say, be strong in your own strength and the strength of your own might. He says, be strong in the Lord. That tells me that the weapons we have are not of ours. They're his weapons. And they're strong. And we can be strong in it. And when the devil tells you you're not strong, that's bat's poo. It's spiritual bat's poo. All right? Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes. That means the wiles. It's actually a pathway that leads to evil, that means. And so his strategy, his path that leads to evil, his path that leads to forming strongholds, to creating strongholds. Be able to stand firm against the schemes or the wiles of the devil. Now, the wiles of the devil, what are the wiles of the devil? The wiles <laughs> of the devil are lies. They're untruths. They're misquotes. They're misinterpretations. Yeah. Remember the parable of the sower? Who were the ones that whose seed was able to be stolen? The ones who didn't understand the word. Because <coughs> you don't understand it, who tells you a lie? Yeah. Satan's weapons are lies. There are lies about you. There are lies about your destiny. There are lies about the past and how it's holding on to you. There are condemnation about your standing before God. they are lies. they are bats they There are truth. And when we don't clean up that bats poop, it becomes a stronghold. And interestingly, you know, because it's a stronghold in our mind, if it's attached, if they're attached to particularly emotional times in our life, It's a stronger stronger stronghold. Anyone notice that beliefs you form during trauma are stronger. I um, I was putting uh, we're renovating downstairs, and you know I'm not a handyman. I've got two left hands and ten thumbs, but I managed to fit a tap and fit a bench and put the sink in the bench and reattached the tap. I, I flooded downstairs a few times before I realized I had to drain the water out before we flooded uh, it. And I was so chuffed with myself. And I took photos and sent them to Linda, but you know, when I finally, I finally uh, attached that thing and it, and it didn't drip and it was all there, the plumbing was fine. I, I stood back and you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to tell my daddy.
0: It's gonna be the Lord. I wanted to
1: tell my dad. I wanted to show him what his little boy had done.
0: My father bashed me quite
1: a number of times, so much so my mum had to call the police I had to go and hide from him and it it did scar me. I didn't recognize it till years later. The beliefs I formed about myself when that, in that time of trauma, that were lies. I know now my father loved me. I I know some of what he went through as a child. I know more, I've got more understanding, and I forgave him. Just before, soon before he died, uh, we thought he was dying, actually, (laughs) he lived in another year, so, he, he called us in to see him in the hospital, and he burst into tears pleading for forgiveness. I'm saying that to tell you that inside of us, there's a lot of hoods. There's a lot of beliefs that we've allowed to form that are lies about who we are and what we've got to do succeed and how, how we've got to gain approval. And they can be Satan's strongholds. And here I was, I'm 60 years old, I know that's hard to believe.
0: <laughs>
1: 60 years old and I pulled back and I felt like I wanted my daddy. Can anyone, Thank you. sir. yeah, I felt like I wanted my daddy. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rules and against the powers of wickedness and the forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places who have schemes. Those schemes are to form beliefs in you and beliefs in other people so that they can use those beliefs for leverage to destroy their lives that's his weapon now all he's he's just a gummy lion who's going around roaring like this so he can't see his teeth but if he can get you to believe things about you so uh, that's his schemes and so look it's see here what our weapon is therefore take up the full armor this is the armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. So that's a time of testing, that means. Having done everything then to take up the armor of God, stand on it. Having done everything, stand. Stand therefore. What do we stand on? He says, gird your loins with truth. That means there's things that are true that God says about you, that he loves you. He thinks you're beautiful. He believes in you. He's healed you. He's made you righteous. This is truth. When all the lies said about everyone and about you from the accuser are all washed away, that truth will stand. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. You can go a long way on that one. You you can go a long way. So gird your loins with truth. That means pick up the loose bits that are running around there, tie it around with the truth of God's word. That's why we don't preach anything. That's why we don't just say anything. That's why we don't just sing anything. That's why we're annoyingly go through our own messages and our own Bible studies. We don't know everything, but I can read the Bible. And that's good gird your loins with truth and then there's particular truths that he wants you to gird yourself especially about righteousness especially about God making you right yep. not by your works not by your effort but by the blood of Jesus gird your loins with truth because he's going to attack your righteousness yep. He's going to say, you're not right. You did that. I know you did that. I saw you did that. That's his name, devil, accuser. Yeah. And that's his, that's it. You know, but I'm righteous. But you did that. I'm sorry, Satan, you're mistaken. I'm not righteous by what I've done. I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus.
0: Right.
1: I'm righteous. You can't get no more righteous than me.
0: <laughs>
1: he says, the breastplate of Righteousness. Shod your feet with preparation of the gospel. Don't get too caught up because he uses a couple of other metaphors in each one. But he's saying this. It's like a, a still boat don't go nowhere. You can't steer it. All right? Do what God wants you to do and God's called you to do. The answer to a thousand one's problems in life is that you're not doing what God's called you to do. But then he goes on. This is interesting. He says above all, in addition to all, and over all, take up the shield of your faith over everything. Your faith, what God has said to you from his word that you have accepted about being true, the Bible says will quench most of the fiery darts of the devil. All. all. Thank you, they just believe me, whatever I say. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> believe it. <laughs> Look it up in the Bible, please. But it says, so your faith quenches. So the faith, the Christian faith, about what Jesus did for us, about who we are in Christ, about the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, that is the shield of faith. That is the answer to all the devil's accusations. Yes. Don't try it on your good looks, even though we are very good looking. Don't try it on how how you know fit you are, even though some of us are fitter than others. Don't try. It, it is what it is. The truth about our righteousness yeah. and our salvation. Yeah. That's how we fight the devil. Yeah. All right. Now all those take it a defensive. True. True. All those are defensive, and then there's one attacking thing. Now if the devil attacks true lies how do we attack back through the truth of god's word when jesus answered satan he quoted scripture and so he said you attack back with god's word he talks to you you badmouth him back he calls you a sinner you say i'm righteous and you to get the scripture which we've put on our bathroom walls and on our bedroom walls, and we've memorized it because we've done the Redeemer Coast Discipleship Course. We had them stuck up. We go and get that, and we quote it. Look, split foot, bait breath. This is what it says. That the word of God that's protecting me and now I'm coming back at you boy yeah and if you call me something else I'm going to remember more scriptures and come back at you with those scriptures and the Bible says do that and he will flee in terror
0: hallelujah
1: hallelujah hallelujah and that's how you fight. Where's my musicians? What are
0: you doing?
1: <laughs> That's how you fight a defeated foe. That's right. You don't take no back poo off it. Come
0: on. Yeah.
1: You don't let it settle on your head. You know, pastor of mine, I taught under said you. You can't stop a bird from sitting from resting on your head, but you can stop it building a nest there.
0: Yeah
1: alright you can't stop the bat poop although there are ways I've thought about it you know like <laughs> shotguns mess, but most of them are legal you can't stop the bat poop but you don't need to let it stay on your brain and scar your heart and to form strongholds in your life that are lies I tell you they're lies yes. they're lies yes. and no dell is going to form a stronghold in your heart that's right you can start do <laughs> the, the last song
0: yeah last song is good <laughs> God. praise God so how
1: do we fight a defeat? Or fight? It's good to know we've already won. It's even better to know that the devil knows we've already won. And we can remind him of that. And you probably just tell him, uh, don't go, go away from me, but don't go anywhere near my family. Go into those pigs. Go to those pigs, over split foot, because that's where you belong we serve a risen saviour his truth will pursue his truth will endure when all the lies about us all the false accusations about you and your family have gone the truth will remain it's the word of god we are righteous in god we're forgiven he loves us he's not mad at us he's got a destiny for us he's got hope He's got a future right up until the day you go into glory, and after that, hallelujah! That's how we defy the defeated foe. Praise God! Thank you.